Our scripture for this morning comes from the book of Romans, chapter 7, verses 15 through 25a. I'll be reading from the New Revised Standard Version. I do not understand my own actions, for I do not do what I want, but I do the very thing I hate. Now if I do what I do not want, I agree that the law is good. But in fact, it is no longer I that do it, but sin that dwells within me. For I know that nothing good dwells within me that is in my flesh. I can will what is right, but I cannot do it. For I do not do the good I want, but the evil I do not want is what I do. Now, if I do what I do not want, it is no longer I that do it, but sin that dwells within me. So I find it to be a law that when I want to do what is good, evil lies close at hand. For I delight in the law of God in my inmost self. But I see in my members another law at war with the law of my mind, making me captive to the law of sin that dwells in my members. Wretched man that I am, who will rescue me from this body of death? Thanks be to God, through Jesus Christ our Lord. The word of God for us this morning. Thanks be to God. There are certain things that you don't want to hear from certain people. For example, from your doctor, you don't want to hear, I have no idea what's wrong with you. Or from your lawyer, I'll have to check to see if that's legal. Or from your chiropractor, this is going to hurt. Or maybe from your dentist, you haven't been brushing lately, huh? Today we encounter a scripture where Paul says something we might not want to hear. He says, I do not understand my own actions. Not the words you want to hear from Paul as he writes to the church in Rome. We would like to think of Paul as this strong, always sure of himself, never doubting of anything Christian, that left sin behind a long time ago, someone who has moved on to perfection and doing everything right. But was he? No, apparently not. This passage shows us just how conflicted Paul was about being a sinner. He put it best when he says, he does not do the good that he wants to do, but ends up doing the very thing he hates. We can all relate to that on some level. How many things do we set out to do every day and how many do we actually get done? How far do you actually get through your to-do list every day? How many times do we set out to do something we know is good, we know is needed, but we end up wasting away our day on other things and just never get around to it? Paul understood just how real the struggle is when we are trying to live our lives in righteousness and holiness, and our own nature keeps getting in the way. I compare it to trying to go on a diet, or trying to quit a bad habit, or trying to establish a new exercise routine. We know these things are good for us, don't we? But does that make them easier to do? Not really. We struggle to do what is right and good. And Paul says that this is because sin dwells within us. It is part of, a part of our humanity which we can't declare independence from.
You know, we would love to be able to just divorce our sinfulness, eliminate it altogether, put it to death as Paul suggested last week. But what we find is that we are born human, we live as human beings, and we will die after living our natural human lives. And part of being human is to have an inclination to sin. And then, if that's true, therefore, what follows is that to be a Christian is to know that you will live in a constant struggle with your own nature, that there will always be a civil war brewing inside of you. Paul recognized this, and he points out that even though he desires, he wills to do what is right, he often doesn't do, do it. He ends up doing the evil which he did not intend to do. It is like when you told yourself you would go for that walk, but you got busy and put it off and put it off until it was just too late to do it. What you discovered was that intention was not enough to get it done. This is what Paul is talking about. He, he intended to do what was right. He had every desire. He had the will, but he didn't have the follow through. We have all been there and done this in some form or fashion. We have given in to the temptation of sin, whether it be the temptation to do something we shouldn't do, or simply the temptation to be idle or do nothing and not do the good that we know we should be doing. The irony of this is that as I wrote this, I made myself some notches because I was hungry. Even though I knew I really didn't need them and I had already had dinner, I gave in to the temptation because they were just right there on the counter calling my name. The struggle is real. We struggle with sin. Paul found that every time he looked to do good, evil lay close at hand. This is important because as Christians, we have to face the fact that sin and temptation will plague us after we become Christians. You know, when you join a health club, you don't instantly become fit. You don't automatically get it in shape. Yet when we become Christians, sometimes we have the unrealistic expectation that the next day we will walk around like saints doing everything right, not making any mistakes. We all know it's more complicated than that, don't we? It is not easy to be a follower of Jesus Christ. Because our sinful nature that is within us will always get in the way. We can be our own worst enemy. Paul tells us that he delighted in the law of God in his inmost self. In other words, he sought to learn God's will for his life. He wanted to know God's ways and God's laws and order. He wanted to be able to, to find out when he was doing things wrong by studying all of that and to try to live by it. But what he found is that even though this was always his intention, a part of him still sought to make him captive to sin and to his old way of life before Jesus. The war inside of him is the real struggle of which I am talking about today. And it is a struggle, isn't it? The old self always tries to creep back in to come to the surface and to lead us astray. But God knows our condition. He knows that we are born in sin, that it is our nature, but because of, of this, because the fact of the fact that God knows our condition, He has given us the Holy Spirit to dwell in us and to be with us 
to help us fight the urges of the flesh. Think of the Holy Spirit as your personal trainer, always there to encourage you and to guide you to good choices, and always there to help you as you struggle with the temptations of sin in your own body. Sure, you could try to do it on your own. Many have tried and failed. But why would you want to? Why would you even want to attempt this on your own? You know, when people are starting a new diet or exercise program, they will often get an accountability partner. This is someone that will hold them accountable for their commitment to the program. Someone who will let them know if they're falling off the wagon and someone who will help them get back onto the wagon if they fall off. You know, someone to check up on them. We all need an accountability partner. We need that person that will be honest with us when we are not meeting the standard that we have set for ourselves. Paul was simply saying that the Holy Spirit has been assigned this role in our lives. It checks up on us. It goes with us every day. It's that voice that speaks into our ear when we're about to do something wrong and tells us not to do it. We need the Holy Spirit to be our accountability partner if we really want to walk in God's ways because we just can't do it on our own. Paul understood that salvation is by grace and a gift from God, but he considered holiness and sanctification a process we must undergo with the help of the Holy Spirit for the rest of our lives. So he wasn't trying to earn salvation, but rather go through life in a way that would be pleasing and acceptable to God. That in essence proved to be a challenge to him. He discovered that it wasn't as easy as it might look, that it wasn't as simple as some made it out to be, that he couldn't just ignore his body and say that doesn't matter, that he couldn't just say I'm saved by grace so everything goes. Paul finally exclaimed, wretched man that I am, who will rescue me from this body of death? What he was saying was that we do our best to stick with the program. But at the end of the day, it is God who saves us and forgives us and redeems us from our sinful nature. Paul was just thankful to God that Jesus Christ was his Lord and that even though he could never measure up to the stature of Jesus, his efforts were not in vain. You see, God blesses our efforts when we seek to live our lives for him. He is pleased when we give him our very best. He uses us as imperfect as we are when we let the Holy Spirit direct us and guide us in our decisions. The struggle, nonetheless, is real, isn't it? I have to admit that I have struggled with knowing what is right during these trying times, with knowing what is right for myself and my family, for us as the church, for us as Christians who are part of a larger community. Part of me selfishly wants to have things go back to the way they were before this whole mess started. I think we all want a rewind button for 2020. We want a do-over. We want a mulligan. Whatever you want to call it, we know that we want it to just all go away. But we also know that life doesn't work that way. At times I have been frustrated with just staying at home 24-7. For so many weeks, where the days seem to drag on forever and 
the hour seemed to tick away slowly. And at other times I have found myself in incredible peace. As I have worshipped God in my quiet times, as I have gone for walks with my wife, as I have shared quality time with my children that I didn't have before. In every day, God has continued to show me His mercy and His grace. Intellectually, I know these things, and you do too. But we know that we have good days and we have bad days. Days in which we are at our highs and celebrating God's goodness and grace. Days in which we are feeling redeemed and blessed. And days in which we are beating ourselves up over the things that we haven't done or the things that we have done. This is when I have needed my accountability partner. This is when the Holy Spirit has come to remind me that Jesus loves me. Jesus has me. It has come to tell me that somehow, some way, things are going to work out. The Holy Spirit, as my accountability partner, has also told me that it is okay to rest and to recover. You know, sometimes we need permission to take Sabbath, to take time away from all the busyness of life. In many ways, God has put us on this huge time out with this situation. Now, we've had more than enough time to just think about things and meditate on our lives and think about what's really important. We've needed this time with our accountability partner so that we can get ready for what is next. I'm just glad that the Holy Spirit has been there on the days when I have been at my highs and at my lows. And I pray that He has been there for you. Well, Paul exclaimed, Who will rescue me from this body of death? And I have been right there with him at times. The answer is Jesus Christ. I pray that he is the one rescuing you. And he, I pray that he is the one with you during this crazy 2020 and beyond. And I pray that as Jesus has been victorious over death and over sin, he will help you be victorious over these things. Not just now. Not just during this pandemic, but for the rest of your life. I pray you and your family are having a safe 4th of July weekend and that you continue to be blessed. With God's help, we will be broadcasting from the sanctuary next Saturday. And in a month, we will be looking to see if we're able to resume limited public worship. Until then. We will be online with you. God bless you and have a great day.